What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Ali Connects Podcast. I am your host, Risma Ali, and uh, wishing you guys an abundance of positivity for this week ahead. Um, as you probably already know, I want this podcast to be about connecting with people, right? On a deeper level, trying to figure out what makes us who we are, um, how our experiences shape our journey in this crazy world, right? I know some of us are constantly moving around and trying to adapt to a new place, to new people, to new things. And so um, sometimes that can be challenging for everybody. Everybody has their own experiences. Everybody experiences things differently. But it's important that we open and that we connect with people who are close to us because we can learn from their experiences as well. So without further ado, I want to introduce someone who I'm ready to connect with on this episode, um, someone who will share her story with me and kind of share her story with you as well and um, open up, be a little bit transparent and honest about her experiences and what she's learned so far um, in her journey. But she unfortunately wants to stay anonymous, so I won't mention her name, but She's a really good friend of mine, so please welcome Anonymous. Hello, 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 everybody. I hope you're all doing good. Yes. I'm really excited. Let's get started. Yes. So I really want to touch base upon what it was like for you growing up in a Middle Eastern country and adapting to Western society because I'm pretty sure that was a huge change of life for you, yes. right? So um, with that being said, let's just get into some of the questions that I have for you and hopefully you guys can relate to what she has to say. Um, I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. What was your upbringing like, like in terms of growing up in, middle, in the Middle East and having those values and traditions that are present there? What was that like for you? So basically, I am originally Lebanese, but I was born and raised in Syria. My whole childhood was very peaceful, very calm. I didn't have ups and downs. The only thing that I was always with me back in the he back in my head was that I never grew up in a stable family, meaning I never had my mom and my dad by my side. My dad n never was in the picture. Was never in the picture. And my mom unfortunately had to work to raise me, right? She had to um, travel and because it would earn more money. So she used to work in Dubai and every holiday she would come to Syria to visit me and stay with me for like a week or two and then again go back. So that was already uh, a lot for me as a child. Um, it was a lot for me to um, get used to the idea of like okay I'm not I'm different I'm not like the rest I don't have my mama and my and my dad next to me uh, I don't have any brothers or sisters so I was literally just alone fortunately I was not alone actually I was surrounded with a beautiful family very uh, welcoming very warm uh, very simple also the way how they look at life they were also very funny when I sit between them so. The only thing that I always still miss and I remember ever since I was a child, we used to always gather uh, on Thursdays in my grandmother's house, all the family, and just gather there with, with all of us. And I still remember like the laughter of all of us, like, of so I miss that, yeah. I get that. And then you moved to, well, did you move to Dubai or did you end up just going to Dubai for a while and then... So basically the plan was to, when the war started, 
in Syria in 2010. Uh, three years after the war, so 2013, it got worse. So um, my mom decided to take me out of the country. But the thing is that I was underage. I was still 16. And according to the law, you're not allowed to, to um, have your passport before, be, without the permission of your father. So I had to actually get in contact with my father. My mom did. And uh, she got in contact with him in order to have permission to leave the country um, because she was not allowed to do so. Since we're from, they're from different countries, right? I have different nationality than my mom. So we got in contact and I just left to Dubai when it was like super in the middle of the, the, the war, let's say. And it was just like a transition station. I stayed there for three months and the final destination was Holland, the Netherlands. But that was already a big shift for me, like a big, completely different yeah. Dubai compared to Holland or compared to Syria. It's like three different countries. I mean, a city, Dubai in between. But they're not comparable at all. You can't... In terms of lifestyle. In terms of everything. Yeah. Everything. That I, can, I could agree with that too. How did you adapt though when you came to Holland? What was the feeling? Because you came to Breda, I assume, for yeah. the first time, right? Yeah. What was the feeling of adapting to a European or Western culture compared to what you were used to in Syria? <laughs> That's... We can talk about this for <laughs> hours. <laughs> but um, the first adapt adaptation that I had to do is first moving to Dubai and then moving to Holland. When I moved to Dubai, it was already a shock. Lifestyle, luxury, etc. Fast cetera. life. Fast, yeah. Yeah. Etc. When I came to the Netherlands, it was even double shock for mm. me. It's completely different. It's like we went from zero to ten really quick. It was just different the first adaptation that i had to make is the weather i had to really get used to the cold weather rainy weather oh, always <laughs> so that. yeah that was the first thing that i had to get used to um and then little by little i started building this image of like okay this is what different this is what is different about the here and that's what is different about there and i had to you know shape my own way of thinking yeah and the way who i am today what about like muslim culture do you find it completely different here than it was yeah. in, in definitely. dubai and yeah Syria? definitely um first of all here religion as a whole doesn't exist feel i feel like in the netherlands or at least maybe some people are religious but it's like very little and you don't even see it even when you have discussion with people around here they don't associate anything with god or anything with religion which is different back home back home uh we associate everything with god and religion everything even if you get in a car accident oh that was meant to be oh that's a destiny destiny like from god or it's a message or you know you, you have those people that really go in deep like in depth yeah. Um, and try to connect everything to religion. But I don't understand that because Syria is completely different than Western country like Holland because Holland is more affected by the Roman law. It's more affected by the Christianity, by, you know, uh, French Revolution, etc. Whereas when you go to Syria, it's more affected by Sharia law, which, which is solely like related to religion, uh, the prophet, um, wars like to spread the message and to spread the the, the religion yeah um, so it has like different focus so that was also and still complete shock to me for example like or like really big um, days that we celebrate Islam for example like Eid you know when we break our fast 
the month after breaking the fast. Mm-hmm. The three days, you know, of celebration. Um, the month, Ramadan, of fasting, for example. It has a different atmosphere back home compared to here in, in the Netherlands. I don't feel... When I'm fasting, I'm still, I still fast. I still decide to fast in the Netherlands, even though I'm, I'm, I'm not surrounded at all with any religious uh, people. But um, it's very difficult to stay on track and to try to not lose your values. You know, it's very difficult to remind yourself who, like, who you are and remind yourself, okay, that's how you were raised and that's your religion, you know, don't forget that. Yeah. And it's really difficult to not be affected by what you're seeing right now. It's like a little baby who was like held in a cage for like a really long time and it got free and then it saw the outside world and it's like, okay, wait, but what is right? Yeah. But what is what is good? I what completely is not? understand what you're saying. With so that. you have like this conflict within within you, like questions, questions, questions everywhere, but then you have this like inner voice telling you, yeah, but remember, this is how we were happy. And this is what you believed in. So just don't make it complicated on yourself, you know? Like, don't com- make things complicated. To so just follow what you think is right for you, you see? What are some of the pressures that you had to face in terms of living here in Holland when it comes to your traditions or to your to your religion? In terms of love, in terms of family dynamics, in terms of yourself... What are some of the pressures that you had to face? First, I would say that I am not... I don't come from a very a strict family. Mm-hmm. Religiously strict family. We're actually considered open compared to religious families or um, yeah, who are really uh, into Islam. Uh, I would say we do pray, we do... Some of my aunts do wear the scarf, but my mother doesn't, for example. I don't either. Um, it's just your personal choice. No one would come and tell you, yeah, do that or do this. In your family? In my family. Within my family, no one would come and tell me why you're not wearing the scarf, wear it now, or why you're wearing this, don't wear that. But they would try to guide you, to tell you, okay, but you know, that's what is right, that's what's not right. They would try like to set boundaries and limits for you, or like little like bullet points to tell you, okay, this is how it is, you decide to follow, at least in my family. I know in other families, that's not the case, mm-hmm. for example. That's about religion itself. But about love, I would say from experience, from my own experience, I face a lot of difficulties and I'm still facing because of um, being stuck in tradition and a mindset of how they were raised, like how my, f- my mom was raised, let's say. So I wouldn't necessarily associate it with religion. I wouldn't associate like the rejection of my own love to this person that I chose to be my boyfriend. I wouldn't say the rejection is necessarily religion uh, at all. I would say it's more tradition. And that's where the problem comes. A lot of people misunderstand and don't know how to distinguish between tradition and religion. A lot of people consider norms that are not even religious. They're not even mentioned anywhere in the religion. They just associated with religion but it is just simply norms social norms that people just adapted on like really long period of time generationally and generation and they were just stuck like as if like they were shaped this way you know yeah and it's really hard to break this mentality it's really hard to break that mold that shaped you i remember having conversations with you a lot too when we talk on the phone sometimes you i can tell that you're a bit you know confused on what path you should take should i 
should I continue loving this person because it's what I want to do or should I leave the relationship just to pursue my family or to follow the traditions of my family mm-hmm. how was that experience for you deciding to follow your heart or to follow uh, the relationship that I, you have I would say it took me almost two years to make a decision to continue the relationship to continue the, the relationship yes it took me two years to uh, two years full of tears full of conflicts even within myself conflicts of like between the heart and the brain what shall I decide what shall I do conflicts with my mom the only family member that I have in the Netherlands and your mom is very traditional minded and very traditional and very um, stubborn also very so it was it's a whole conflict between me myself and people around me i even had to explain and justify why i want to continue and i don't think that that the way how it should go at all i had to justify why i want to continue why i want this guy why him uh, i had to justify my love basically constantly and i still have to sometimes do that until this moment so that was very difficult and let's say let, let me just be honest with you it was traumatizing at, the, at some point now i really know that i should not be this way to my future kids i'm glad actually that i went through this like the adaptation the adaptation having to get adjusted to different world and different society different way of thinking different way of looking at life different everything completely different like it's like 180 degrees different than what i was raised and born with you know so let's say the first 16 years of my life it was i was taught this book and when i got to the netherlands i was taught this other book or you were taught that the book that you already knew was invalid yeah and then i was taught that okay wait so maybe that's not the only book that i should rely on maybe there are thousands of books that i can just read and open my mind to it you know yeah you don't have to read one book exactly exactly that. so i'm glad that i went through that to at least It shaped my mentality and my mindset, the way how I look at life. So I can pass this on to my kids, but I'm not going to necessarily force them to take my norms and to take my mindset. I've learned the hard way, unfortunately, to... My, my duty is just to guide, maybe, but my duty is not to enforce something. And I think you had to learn that with your mom. I had to learn it the, the really difficult and challenging way. To a point where I got like super... It started affecting... And you know really well, Rejma. It started affecting my mental state. It started affecting my own health. My own just... It's just toxic. It's yeah. very toxic. To break th- like break through that wall that you're just kept in. Yeah, I don't, I don't wish it upon my enemy. <laughs> I get that. Let's say. I really get that. And how did you... Um interpret friendships when you move to to europe i could say do you feel like you have more of a connection with i don't want to separate or stereotype but do you have more of a connection with people from arabic culture or middle eastern culture or do you feel like you connect more with people from an outside culture that's a really good question i do connect more with western why because Depending on who the Arabic person is, I'm not saying that all of them are very, you know, close-minded. I feel like I, because I have these circumstances of being independent Arabic woman in a Western society, breaking free from barriers that were just around her. So let's say my mom, at this moment I don't have a relationship with her because of her rejection to my to, to accept me as who I am. It, it went beyond my 
love in my relationship. It went way beyond that. It was even getting to a point where she was just not happy with the way how I think, not happy with the way how I look at life. So she just wanted to change the, everything about me. So not a lot of people, Arabic people, would understand that. They would always look down at me then. They would always, no matter what, they would always say, yeah, but she's still your mom. So the mother or family are super like protected, let's say. You can't separate from the family. And if you do anything to your family, oh my God, that's your family. If you do this to your family, you're a bad person. Yeah. Regardless if it's toxic. Regardless. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, that's back home. But here in Holland or in Western society, you would see that, okay, if it's toxic, even if it's your dad, even if it's your mom, even if it's whoever. Leave. Exactly. Leave. That doesn't exist back home. There is no such thing as leave. Why? Because it gets very much associated with, again, religion. Mm-hmm. It's a full cycle. It's a full cycle of connecting everything together. Yeah. You know? Because even, even if you go to the actual law, if you want to sue somebody, it will have to eventually end up you know, uh, being affected by some religious rule or yeah. whatever. That's the difference between Syria There's and... the difference between any Arabic country, any Middle Eastern country, and Western society. Because we're very much connected, as I previously mentioned, with Sharia law or the law of religion. That's why I, I, would, I would, now going back to your question, I would definitely say that I'm more connected with Westerns because they would understand me better. They would know how to re- relate better. They wouldn't criticize me. They wouldn't say, yeah, you, well, why? Or keep questioning a lot. Yeah. And even if they do, it's not for long. No. Yeah. But, and I don't, I don't feel like I have the need to justify myself mm-hmm. and to defend myself. Yeah, because this, because that, because that, because this. Because in the end, I'm going to lose anyways if I'm going to have this discussion with an Arabic person. But not all of them. I also have a lot of, not a lot, but quite few close Arabic friends who actually understand what I've been through and they do also agree with me. But until this moment, they don't necessarily say, yeah, whatever, leave her, leave your mom. They keep saying, yes, I understand, take your time. Um, you need to break, you know, free from this, but you can't erase her from your life. Yeah, you have to go back or you have, your... to, you have to include her. Or, or, or still like have in the back of your mind that she's still your mom. So again, it's just the way how we were raised to make family like a priority, whoever they are. So yeah, that's that's an answer to you. I would definitely say that I'm more connected to Westerns because of the reasons that I just told you. I get that. And do you consider yourself more European now? Do you identify more with European culture? No. <laughs> no? You, you still consider like, yes. I'm Arabic, I'm yeah. Muslim. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, we have a saying in Arabic, I don't know if you also have it here. You can't take off the robe that you've always used to wear. Yeah. You can't take it off. The moment you put a robe on and you've been always putting that robe on, people are used to you in that robe. Yeah. Seeing you in that. So the moment you're going to take it off and wear another robe, maybe it's not going to completely suit you. Maybe it's going to be a little bit baggy from the waist or maybe it's going to be, I don't know, like too, too much skin showing too big too big also it's just a metaphor by the way of course (laughs) Uh, so people won't understand why you put another robe on and why would you if you feel comfortable with that robe you see you can adjust it you can add you know details here and there take it maybe to tailor to correct it for you or like change the style a little bit if you want to uh, if you want to 
See? Exactly. It's it's your own will. It's your own will. It's your rope. Of course. You decide, okay, do you want if it's if it doesn't suit me, then you got to take it off. But if you feel comfortable with it, why would you take it off? Because if you're going to take it off and wear something else to please or to try to fit in somewhere else, you're going to look weird. Very true. It won't fit you. you so, see? in essence, you're saying that you're very proud of your culture. Yes. You're very um appreciative and passionate about where you come from but some of the things you do not instill in your life some of the values you do not believe in or do not identify with very true but you still identify as muslim because i can't change even if i change my robe i can't change the fact that my name is 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 this anonymous (laughs) anonymous (laughs) i can't change my last name it's just obvious that i'm arab yeah no true I, i just can't I have to change my my whole identity then. Yeah. You see, so if you feel comfortable with with you know with that, do so. But at least the way how I look at it, if you're born this person, just remain this person. But you're, we're we were born to learn and develop and to change a way of thinking, and we keep changing until we're dead. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to completely change my identity. Because I completely disagree with the other identity that I was born with. Because yeah. it's not my case. I don't totally disagree. But there are some points that I would say, I will take this point. I will take that point. You have a different approach. Exactly. To certain I have things. a different approach. I know how to, for example, engage with an Arabic society. And I know how to engage with, within a Western society. I just know I fit in both, you yeah. know. I don't necessarily need to completely go extreme to fit in both in any of them yeah you know i completely get that. i'm just in the middle i meet them in the middle yeah this is really enlightening though i'm learning a lot about you actually <laughs> i'm just looking at you and i'm like wow dude this girl is so strong because i couldn't imagine what it's like to go from a war a country that's so filled with like war and mm-hmm. corruption and just everything to coming here and actually being able to find yourself you know i've seen from the minute i met you and from till now, I can see like a huge change in like the way that you think, the, some things that you, you say or even values that you've learned. I've seen that change as a friend, mm-hmm. you know, and th- it's really nice to actually get to know you through that conversation of adapting and um, getting to be a part of a different society, which is really cool. Thank you, you so go, much. You go, girl. <laughs> you live your best life. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, a last thing. Um, what advice would you give someone in your situation or your younger self? Well, what's one thing that you would tell someone in the same shoes as you? Uh, oh, that's tough. Um, remain determined and just believe in yourself. Really believe in yourself. I know it's so cliche. Everyone says believe in yourself. But you really got to believe in yourself. Yeah. Remain you know, determinate, consistent, and have a goal in your life. Once you have a goal in your life, you're going to get somewhere. Once you have, like, an image or, like, a view of, like, okay, where do I want to be? Where am I going to get? Do I really want this? And try not to only... Try to, to think critically. Try not to just... If someone gives you an advice, take it. Don't, don't just depend on emotions. Don't just too. depend on emotions and don't just uh, completely or immediately refuse it. Have self-reflection. It's very important. When you sit with yourself and be like okay maybe if i think this way maybe if i think from that point of view maybe if i think from the point of view of b it's different than the point of view of a i can now draw 66 and you would see it 99 oh and i would see it 66 the bars though <laughs> holy shit yeah it's it's it's, it's just the way how it is you Very just gotta true. you just gotta know and learn how to look at different perspectives from life and then to stick what fits you Very what true. fits the way how you think of life that's what I would tell my young 
itself. Every human being is capable of doing a lot as long as we're ambitious. Very true. As long as you're ambitious and you really know that you're on this, like in, in this life for a reason. The moment you know that there's reason and, 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 and value behind your existence, you're going to be a great person. Yeah. Eventually, essentially, no, I have a message to deliver, wh- whether it is to be a singer, whether I want to be a diplomat, whether I want to become a manager. We all play a role in the society. We all contribute to each other. Exactly. We all have purpose. So as soon as you have that, you're going you're gonna to succeed, definitely. And taken back to the point where you said we have to have different perspectives, I think that's really important in the world that we live in now. Because there's a lot of controversy going around. People have one mindset. Oh, this is the right way. And they argue with people who think differently. Mm-hmm. I think in a time like now, we need to be able to um, understand and uh, be compassionate and be empathetic with other people's opinions. Yeah. Because that says a lot about who we are as people too. Definitely. You know? Uh, this was really cool. Yeah. Uh, anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on this podcast (laughs) and hopefully you can come on again and share some of your wisdom. I really had a a very enlightening conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me too. And I'm looking forward to, yeah, to listen to it and to see how it turned out. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast series. Please go on Instagram and follow my podcast page where you can get updates and whatnot, whatnot at Ali Connects Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and um, here's a little snippet of Anonymous singing because she has a beautiful voice. (laughs) Alright guys, have a blessed day. Even if the stars and the moon collide and the sun refuse to shine I'll still dream of you and I I can let you go Thank you.